Okay, welcome back to Kiwi Innovators. This is podcast number five. Um, this will be an interview with Jake Davis, the CIO of Wellington Water, as you'll hear. Um, I think this is a really great conversation around what innovation and technology looks like in the public sector. So I um, hope you enjoy. Thank you. So let's go ahead and kick off. This is Jake Davis, CIO of Wellington Water. I can say that, right? Absolutely. Okay. I don't think it's a secret anymore. What, yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, I, I, it's, it's, you say that, but I know some people uh, have talked to me um, off the record, mm-hmm. not as official members of their organizations, and so uh, so I just you know wanted to say that. Yeah. So I have a series of questions here that kind of lead us into it. So you and I have known each other for three years. Three now? years now. It's, three. it's flown by. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm, I get. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time here. Yeah, that's You're fine. a Canadian American. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, being born in one place and being raised in another. That's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. So I, was, I think I was born and raised an international citizen, which leads us both to you know yeah. being in New Zealand, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah, and and that's the funny thing is yeah. an American interviewing a Canadian. Canadian American mm-hmm. on a New Zealand podcast in New Zealand. Yeah, let's go to Germany and do something fun. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking uh, uh, Drink Japanese, Japanese whiskey. Yeah, Japanese I'm, I'm whiskey. happy with that. True <laughs> international experience, man. Um, so, you know, it's really interesting. I've uh, I've been listening to podcasts for years and years and years. And about two years ago, I listened to this podcast by this young lady in the states, and she uh-huh. said, "I mean, she was 16, and she was and she's brilliant." And she was interviewing very high level people, business mm. leaders, mm-hmm. thought leaders, things like that. Wow. And she started saying, tell me your origin story. Oh, and yeah. I, and I, I mean, uh, you and I have, we did comic books when yeah. we were young. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. origin story means something to us. Yeah. But when it popped out in podcasts, I was kind of like, no, no, don't do origin story. <laughs> but, but the reality is. Talk, is talk that, about adamantium and I'm all over the yeah, place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. But uh, the reality is, is that asking you to, to give me your origin story in business mm. gives you a way to start into it. So yeah, yeah, that's, sure. that's where I'm going to start. Yeah. How did, I mean, you could have ended up, you could have been a, a tennis pro. How did you end up here? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty varied, which I, I didn't think was a good thing. Uh, you know, career moves take you in places you never expect it to. Yeah. You, you have a, you know, a set path and you never, you never know what's going to go. So, I mean, I've spent my life trying to figure out an industry I want to work in, which has been fun. So, I mean, I, you know, you start, I started at uh, surprisingly, the, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world, which was Dell right out of graduation. Yeah. And what that was really, what, why that was really cool was you get out of, you know, uni or, or school or whatever it is, and you get into the business world, you got no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and I really consider, uh, I really hope people, when they do graduate, go and work for big businesses because it's almost like a second university. You know yeah. what I mean? I learned so much there just about how the world of business worked. I yeah, mean, yeah. technology skills, yeah, there was a little bit of learning there, but it was more just about how do you take, you know, things like products to, to market, yeah. how do you support them after the What fact. it looks like in the real and world. And how the money all works with that, which, yeah. you know, you never learn in school. So, yeah, so I, I was a dull for four years, uh, and then they outsourced that out of Canada into, uh, I think it was the Philippines, so that was over for a period. And then surprisingly, Apple was starting up, in, in Edmonton, where I'm from, yeah. right after that, which was great timing because they hired about 50% of the people that left yeah. Dell <laughs> yeah, yeah. and started up a retail business there. And I was the business consultant for them. So I took a time off from technology and core technology. But again, working for big companies, you learn so much besides just yeah. the, the skill sets um, for, for technical 
periods. So, you know, after uh, I spent eight years uh, total with big companies and then I really wanted to focus on, again, you know, being a good technologist and learning because I felt like I was getting out of it before I was really into the weeds. Yeah. You know, you, you want to make sure that you're fully rounded with that type of thing. Anyway. So I went to work for a two-person company. <laughs> that was a lot were, of fun. Were you one of the two? I was. I was the first employee hired at a, at a lady that had been running technology services for about 17 years. Yeah. That was, that was again, fascinating going from, you know, yeah. 80,000 to two in, in a short period of time. But long story short, you know, you build on you build on the career. I worked in gaming then for a, a very a good period of time, about three and a half years. Yeah. And gaming meaning casinos and gambling. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've jumped around <laughs> the industries. And moving to New Zealand, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and just happened to find a posting for some IT management at the water company. I thought oh, that'd be fascinating. Yeah. Never worked in public sector, yeah. never worked in utilities. Well, I'll give it a go. And luckily, the, the boss and I, you know, got along well enough, yeah. uh, you know, coffee and beer later. And it's, it's you know, as, yeah. as it happens in New Zealand a lot of Well, time. yeah, that's in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a. You know, I know somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go have coffee and then, yeah. Exactly. But but the, what they actually liked, it, and uh, you don't get this a lot in technology, they liked the varied nature of my industry because as with things like boards nowadays, which are looking for quite diverse yeah. backgrounds, that was an asset, you know. And, and you grew up in technology a lot of time thinking you have to specialize and yeah. go down a stream to really be good. Well, I was very surprised that that wasn't the case. So ended up managing Wellington Water for this period of time. Well, I mean, you say that. So I've been doing innovation consulting for a little over a year now. Mm. So I've dove really heavily into, you know, some of the innovation Bibles, the things about, you know, how you get innovation out. Yeah. And the very backgrounds is how you do it. That's Bringing right. people together that yeah. that aren't, you know, homogenized into, well, here's the server team, there's the business use case team, and, you know, bringing them together to get, and in, and in fact, agile DevOps teams are mm-hmm. about cross-functional teams bringing them together. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's brilliant. So, have you, first of all, have you enjoyed New Zealand? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, it's not the same in every industry, but definitely in the public and the X sector, you're you're counted on more as a person, and your morals, I think, in a lot of positions anyway. Um, that's your first skill. Your second skill is what you can do technically or, or business wise. The first thing is what what do you stand for and what do you what do you work with. So I've I've really enjoyed that. It's become you're hired as a person before you're you yeah. know, hired as, as a. As I've, a I've noticed that skill. too. I mean, New Zealand has a reputation as being a transparent. At, at least at the government level, a transparent mm. government worldwide. Mm. But what I find is, is the, the same in business. The, the the boards and the managing directors and everything are fairly transparent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I, I know you have this in Canada as well, but the bosses like to say we have an open-door policy, but you can never get past the administrative assistant to, <laughs> that's right, that's right, to the that's boss right. yeah. in, in the States. So, yeah. so, yeah, I think it's a better situation. I remember actually trying, when I went down to Round Rock one time for Dell, I actually tried to go to Michael Dell's office, and yeah. it was like getting into the FBI. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> not really exactly accessible, but understand why. So, yeah. so it's it's interesting. Dell bought Pro Systems, mm. that became their services wing in 2007, 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually working at Pro Systems six months before they got bought. Mm. And Ross Perot worked in the building with me. No way. And sat in the lunchroom ah, with, cool. us <laughs> and ate with us and ate with us. Yeah, you know, yeah. But the flip side of it was, I mean, a little short man yeah. with a very high-pitched voice. I've, I've heard him. <laughs> and, uh, and you'd be standing there looking. He's got all this memorabilia in their headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're standing there looking at the memorabilia, and he'd walk up to you and go, 
aren't you supposed to be at work? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and he would say that to you, yeah, and yeah. because he wanted to engage with you. Yeah, so yeah. Was kind of we actually had the similar experience. Uh, Apple was very different from Dell. At Apple, when you go down to you know the Cupertino, you're you're given this introduction before you head on campus, saying you know you don't want to look at the rock stars. Yeah, the yeah, rock stars you'll are stare. They're gonna walk right by you. Yeah, you don't want to bother the rock stars <laughs> because they get this all the time. So you know we had like uh, you know Phil Schiller actually walked by <laughs> in the cafeteria one time. And uh, we just go, okay, don't look at him too much. <laughs> he's accessible. We know he's there, but don't look at him too yeah, much. You yeah. don't want to bother him. Yeah. But it was very different than the cultures amongst, uh, you know, big different tech companies. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But that's, you know, moving to private sector is much more accessible, I find. You can actually talk to almost any level if you really have an agenda that you want to speak yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So going back to my questions to give us uh, something to talk about and to drive some of the outcomes that I want out of the conversation. Mm. Um, <laughs> besides a good whiskey night. Yeah, besides a good whiskey night. Um, I see a lot from the ground. I do some consulting at the executive level, but yep. most of what I see is is general managers and below, so yeah. I don't get all the way up there. Mm-hmm. So you've been in an, an, an executive level role or senior leadership role for a two and a half, almost three years yep. now. Yep. Is innovation something that you think about? It, do you look at innovation from your side, or is it more business adoption innovation what does innovation mean to you at that, at that level yeah innovation is is i mean it's a fun word to play around with in the public sector because you don't hear it very much in the public sector first yeah. of all new zealand is changing quite a quite a bit with that they're looking for new ways of working in the public sector and loosening up the old restrictions that maybe a generation ago i had so for example you know you didn't you didn't have even a chance to go to cloud services with with public sector yeah. before you know about five six years ago i think maybe a little bit longer than that so surprisingly to the rest of the world that's not innovative that's just the way the business works that's but right. you know to to public sector it's that is innovation so you have this perspective of what is innovation now that's traditional technology in in utilities it's it's very different because you get these little pockets of brilliance around the world. Yeah. You know, uh, we worked with a, a company out of Calgary for a little while that figured out how to reduce their the leaks in their pipes by like something like eighty five percent over a period of two years. Wow! And you're going, my God, that's that's amazing. How did you do it? And yeah. that's that's where you find out that they're doing it in a way that nobody else is doing it in the world. So that's what innovation means uh, a lot of time, especially with water utilities. Yeah. We're all suffering in the water utility industry. Nobody's got any money or time. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And and I know that's that may be true in public sector or private sector. Public sector, it's much worse. Yeah. yeah. So we we really look for for innovations that are going to change the way we can do things without a huge investment, which is much different than private sector yeah, or financial absolutely. companies. Right. Yeah, You're looking absolutely. for you know sometimes the the dollar amount doesn't matter a lot of the time, right? So we look for things that will disrupt what we're doing in the way we think. We look for things that can be done at very low cost, but have very high impact. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and anybody that works in a utility knows that the way of thinking actually drives your business case. So the way of thinking of 20 years actually will be a driver in your business case, and people are very adverse to change. Yeah, yeah. So anything that we can look at in an innovation that will challenge that and, and change people's way of thinking, uh, that's what we look for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it makes sense. It's The public sector has traditionally been uh, slower to adopt new technologies, but from what I've seen the, the same way in, in various public sectors, when there's mm-hmm. when there's cost savings with a good outcome, yeah. the public sector is, is open for it. And I think a lot of yeah. ways here in New Zealand, it's because we're a smaller 
even in the public side, were smaller than the utilities, say in Europe oh, or yeah, in the United yeah. States, or a small, country, you know, small even city s- somewhere else, yeah, so <laughs> Los Angeles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, we could pivot a little bit more than, yeah. than they can over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also, and this is a weird thing. There's a smaller base to convince. Yeah, you know, in New Zealand, your your boards and things like that are not as big, or your user base is not as big, so it's a little bit easier to pivot if you can get that get yeah. that going. Yeah. So I know that a lot of I, I know that the leadership. I'm going to set management the term management aside sure, yeah, for a second. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about leadership. Yeah. I know that the leadership landscape over the last couple of years has started to change mm. the whole idea of what a leader is and what they do. From your side, from like an SLT ELT mm. side, mm. what do you see the big challenges? For SLTs and ELTs going forward in the future, the I think in what I've seen in difference between sectors that I've worked in is that in a private sector organization, I hate to keep comparing them, but that's been my life. Yeah, your your SLTs really have to be on the same train. You know, you're driving towards you know equity building or shareholder value. You know, those or product value or whatever you're doing. Otherwise, you get competition that between SLT members that yeah, causes yeah. problems. And CEs really try to break that mold. They try to, you know, bring in diversity, bring in disruption, but your train has to be the same. Uh, what I found in at least in utilities is you have a very diverse you have very diverse ELTs and then sometimes that's siloed a little bit more than, than you get in other places. So I found that one of the challenges with the the senior leaderships that I've worked with is trying to be open to the lower levels explaining things to you <laughs> yeah. because a lot of time they don't have time. They don't think they have time. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people that really hate the excuse. I don't want to get in the detail, but yeah. I know that that's a coping mechanism for a lot of SLT you know, yeah. members. They really don't feel they can cause they're going to, you know, step into a world they don't recognize, yeah. especially in technology. And, and that's where if you can break through at least one of them, maybe they can translate to somebody else, and, yeah. you, and you start that chain to yeah. really break down their resistance to hear you. Yeah. Right? Um, one of our councils that we deal with, for example, doesn't want any CIO in the room during any type of SLT discussion. Oh. They've blatantly said that hey. because they don't feel they add value to the conversation. So you got to work around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got you got to find a champion that's gonna exactly bring exactly. something and, into. And, and a lot of time, that's what you're playing is a telephone game with another senior executive to bring it in. But as long as you're trying, as, you know, that's uh, the way it as, works. And as long as you're driving the outcomes, yeah. You, um, one of the things that I've seen is um, that, especially in the public sector, is is that the ratio of leader to the number of people that work for them is much greater than in the private sector. The mm. private sector is starting to go, you know, shrinking their, their uh, so leaders aren't over 750 people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the public sector, because the their budgetary constraints, yeah. the reality is is that you get big numbers reporting into single. That's true, but, but that's also been proven ineffective in some sense. So, like, I went through experience at Dell where they squashed the leadership down to, I think it was nine hops. So yeah. there was no separation between the executive and the lowest level. Yeah. Nine. So they got rid of, like, three levels of leadership because they just felt they were ineffective. And yeah. that's, you know, that changes from, you know, shareholder agreement to shareholder agreement. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, and, the, and the flavor of the day is and the, to what, yeah, what is and the, the And the, the outcomes best. of the organization. Yeah. But I guess what I was trying to say is that I think that's a bit of an accordion sometimes depending on, you know, the, where you need the leadership, not necessarily the levels that you get between it. Yeah. Do, from the public sector, and I'm, I'm going to uh, lean a little bit on your public sector experience oh. here, but from the public sector experience, do you see, you know, going forward, partnerships and ecosystems 
being those innovative driving powers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's the only way that you can get things done in a either disruptive, fast-paced way yeah. in, in public sector because of the both the political anchor that you have sometimes have to tow as well as the limitations in funding. Right? Right. Sorry to get, you know, a little, um, what's that word, uh, uh, symbolic. No, no, but, but, <laughs> this, no, but, but you know what I mean. Good. Yeah, yeah, you know no, I mean? No, it was, it was, it, it's a good, because it, I don't use the term legacy yeah. to mean negative things, although some people take it as, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. as negative things. But there is, there is such a thing as, we can't change because the business process change, organizational change, technology change would be so massively expensive that we can't change. Right, right. It, the ship's too big. We can't turn. We can't and then, turn it. And then you're, you're in necessary need of an ecosystem or our partners. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I'm seeing is, is that, especially in the technology sector, the technologies are becoming so complicated yeah. that there isn't a one-stop shop Oh no, we've Part tried that. that. Can, yeah. we've, we've been down that road. That was that was you know infrastructure thinking five years ago, yeah. ten years ago is that you could go to one place, get all your needs, yeah. and go away. You know we, we've tried we've tried that. I've been through that already, where we had single vendor relationships that they really tried hard, but you can't meet every need of a business, yeah. especially when the you know, when it's changing so much. Big companies could sometimes do that. Worldwide companies because they have they yeah. spread themselves so wide. No, uh, we we actually have that as a part of our strategy to not insource yeah. and to not outsource as much. That's the wrong word, but like you build partnerships and yeah. it's called partnerships. Yeah. Partnerships and relationships. We actually have structure and governance around those those ideas yeah. so that we can pull from the innovation and have things like mutual benefit agreements with yeah. it, which is how you drive that, yeah. that innovation. You know, it's getting boring for people that don't know, you know, governance too no, much, but, no, but, that's, but the idea yeah. is the same. You know, yeah. you partner with somebody, you try to create a mutual benefit. They may be private, like you may be public, but if you're, you know, supplying the money and they're getting the benefit, you can work together. Well, yeah, exactly. And you can utilize what they're doing. Well, there'll, there'll be more. What I've seen in the past, you know, 20 plus years of doing this, vendor management is adversarial. Yes. So if if your vendors are selling to you yeah. and you're trying to manage them to the contract that they sign, mm -hmm. it becomes an adversarial. Partnerships yeah. is a mutual uplifting yeah. Yeah. And, and both of them go forward. And if it's good, it's good. You know, good contracts are you know, wonderful. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not the whole world. Um, so in, in the technology, and I know you guys are starting to play in this, mm. uh, but IoT and water and waste management. Mm. Where yeah, that's the next breakthrough innovation that, again, you, you, you tow two anchors with that, unfortunately. You tow the, the funding anchor and you tow the, the political anchor and the, the fear behind it, right? Yeah. But, I mean, every, every technologist is, is dealing with that. No, there, there is some amazing stuff coming out with IoT. The problem is the – and anybody from a uh, utility sector can tell you this. The problem is, is security – and the guarantee you can get with it, right? So we've been look. I mean, we we've been running IoT for 30, 40 years in the industrial technology space. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Yeah, you, yeah. you have little small meters everywhere yeah. that are reporting back, and, yeah. and it's all distributed, and you yeah. know, it's everything but the internet, and sometimes with the internet, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the change and the disruption comes when the price drops from $10,000 a meter to $100 a meter, yeah. right? And yeah. you suddenly get these low-cost products that are amazing. Yeah. 
but you have to put things in there to guarantee that it's safe for the, the environment and for you know people. We're really excited about any company right now that's doing high-end security on IoT transmissions and, yeah. and, and protocols, right? I can't remember what the, the company I heard of last week that was at, I think it was at Interop last year, that demonstrated some LoRaWAN security mechanisms, which were using Bit, not not Bitcoin, sorry, um, blockchain. Blockchain. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. They're using blockchain technology to do security on IoT industrial devices, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, give yeah. me give me a thousand dollars of stock. Yeah, <laughs> I well, yeah, that's, these guys. I mean, I, I've been, I'm I'm watching a lot of the IoT innovators, and only most it's hardware right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do watch hardware and, and, and innovation technologies and material science and stuff yeah. but I don't watch it as closely but I've been watching the IoT closer because edge computing plus blockchain plus AI chipsets mm-hmm. enabling out at the IoT and getting more integrated together and the, getting more yeah, integrated absolutely. together yeah, gives you a better yeah. outcome and then you start talking about the low power consumptions on the new chips and you know they've got uh, there's a company out there that has an IoT device that's powered by the excess radio waves that happen to be going through the oh, wow. air around That's it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I, the, yeah, there's, I, I think that we're, you know, IOT is one of those things that I think, like you said, mm-hmm. we've had it for 20 years, mm-hmm. just not, IOT, yeah, not um, not low cost and, and widely distributed. That's, that's right. the difference. And is that's you got custom protocols yes. you're working on, yeah, and so forth. Yeah, where yeah. now it's becoming you know widespread. But there's another parallel to that in terms of the threat to industrial systems has also gotten much much bigger. I mean, there's a couple funny ones. You know, the I think it was Dallas, and maybe it was in Dallas. It was one of the Midwest cities that their air raid sirens got taken yes. over. No, it was Hawaii. Was it Hawaii? Okay. It was Hawaii, and the and the guy who was in control of it yeah. couldn't remember his password for his text message. And it was that simple. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But there was also things like you know, in water specifically, water treatment has been a very secure technology for a very long time. Yeah. But a year and a half ago was actually proven at a university that it's hackable and 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 these are these are tried and true dead you know dead dead secure protocols yeah anyway so the threat's going up so it makes us people even more and more cautious about adopting but the good news is there's companies that are coming out with that stuff so where do you see traditional it because we've been talking a lot about ecosystems and partners and yeah and so within these organizations and public organizations your traditional IT team uh-huh. the the guys you have that know the business because they've been doing it for the last 15 yeah, years yeah, yeah. where do you see that playing going forward yeah it's, it's funny because I've, I've gone through that being the technician being the uh, supervisor technician and now that when you're working at this level and you're talking about governance the governance doesn't change yeah no matter what you know, technology you're working with. You're talking about things like security, integrity, reliability, business continuity. You know, those are all the same. So what's nice about that, though, is as a technology leader, you can take those and really apply it with the new types of infrastructures, the new ways of working. You just got to skill your people the right way. And, you know, when I worked at Dell, it was fun because I worked with 1,500 techs in one building. Yeah, yeah. And you could see the diversity of people that could adapt to change, yeah. right? You would get people that were very resistant, you know, been doing it their way and didn't want to change. Yeah. And you got people that were just happy to be there and just <laughs> wanted to learn yeah, yeah. no matter what they were getting paid. Yeah. And those are the people that are going to are gonna keep working 
uh, in this industry for a long time. And, then, you know, everybody kind of knows this, but nobody really says it to people a lot of the time. <laughs> well, yeah. you you got to change your diet a lot of time with that. But that's where traditional IT, I think if you focus on, if you can realize what outcomes are of the, of the work you're doing, you can adopt and you can change. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you've been working in data centers your whole life, you can take those principles and apply it to cloud infrastructure yeah. very easily. Yeah, exactly. I, I heard of, there was, and, and I'm going to get it wrong, there was a, as a country in, in Europe that one of their public sectors started doing this and then the entire public, uh, and what they did was because they were partnering an ecosystem and they were using cloud to mm-hmm. do stuff, mm-hmm. they turned their traditional IT people into consultants, into those partner businesses right. yep. because yep. the IT people knew the how to work within the, the public sector. Yeah. And they were basically... All they did was they went in and consulted, and yeah. then the the partner or the ecosystem came in and did the work. So yeah, 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 yeah. It was that direction. Yeah. But I mean, since I've been here in New Zealand, and I'm sure you see this in in Wellington Water, but every government agency that I go in, the people that work in the agency mm-hmm. aren't there just to show up and get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. They really care about New Zealand and the people in New Zealand. That's that's true. That's very true. Yeah, I've seen that as well, but. And unfortunately, I didn't see that in a lot in North America, and I didn't see that a lot no. in the private sector, surprisingly. A no. lot of people really held on to their jobs, which is a complete opposite of what I experienced. I, I, I lied a little bit. I actually started in a university as my first job, and you had people there that didn't want to change. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really didn't want to change. Yeah. I guess that's not, well, it's kind of public. It's private, private, a little bit of both. Anyway. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Um, but no, that's, that's exactly right. You you have this change in mentality amongst the public sector that, you know, you can change. You can yeah. adopt new technologies. Yeah. The world is not restricted to the brick and mortar systems for security and reliability, right? You, yeah. you can actually count on Amazon to help you with things. But again... Unfortunately, people get left behind in that too. Yeah. You yeah. know, people near the end of their careers that don't want to change. And you know, I, I have this little, you know, thinking almost like a survival of the fittest. Almost unfortunately, yeah, that you, you have to adopt. You have to be want to keep working. And yeah. if you don't want to keep adapting, you know, it's time for a new career. Well, you know, there were as near as I can tell, even as late as uh, about five or ten years ago, there were still COBOL programmers that were insisting oh, yeah. that they could make a living programming COBOL. I'm sure they could. I'm sure they could. <laughs> Put it in a cloud environment, maybe they can. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what, do you, what do you see the major challenges going forward for IT and technology? Mm. Oh, I mean, keeping up with the pace is my personal challenge. <laughs> and, just, and just knowing what horse to bet on you know, that's, that's the challenge of every IT leader, I guess, is just really figuring out what the best solution is for well, them. Well, I, I, I struggle, right. So uh, all I'm doing is innovation consulting. Nobody reports to me. Yeah. I don't have to manage anybody. I don't have yeah. to worry about anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a fun part. Yeah, that's the fun part. I'm, I'm reading somewhere between 25, depending on the day of the week, 25 and 75 different blogs and articles yeah. on technology yeah, yeah. just so that I can stamp with technology. I can't even imagine what if I had the responsibilities to manage people mm-hmm. that I got to drive outcomes and I have to try and stamp on the technology. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. The greatest, uh, that reminds me, the greatest interview question anybody ever asked me was how do you keep up with technology? And I've only been asked that once yeah. and it was by a finance manager, which was really strange. <laughs> and and that, I still stick with that, that question as a reminder of why I'm in a job that I'm in. Yeah. Because you have to have your good sources that are going to give you that knowledge if that's a mentor that's great yeah. if it's a podcast even you know that's great as well 
but and, but get to back to your question, the, the challenges with technology is really just figuring out what, because the minutia is getting so small, because there's so much available, it's not a technology problem anymore. No. It's not, we're not solving these big things. I mean, Bitcoin was a huge innovation, or not Bitcoin, but blockchain was a huge innovation and will be, continue to be. Quantum computing is continuing to be a huge innovation. You're going to have technology innovations that are going to change the game. But as an IT leader, it's just wading through everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and realizing that your your ability to plan out five to ten year plans, in my mind, you can't yeah. do it. And that's a hard thing to sell to in, in public when you have 10, 25, and 50 year plans for things. Yeah. Yeah. How do you fit that into nomenclature, wording, yeah. business, whatever it is, that allows you to say, hey, I want to invest $25, $30 million yeah. in something over 10 years, but I don't know where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that the principle of innovation, getting back to it, is what I need. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah and, the and, and the, in, on the private sector, the, the people sitting on the boards, um, they came up through business you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago sure. when the technology adoption yeah. window was... 10, 15 years. Yeah, that's right. At a, at a new, I mean, you know, oh, we'll replace, we'll replace. Build the, a data center. Yeah, we'll, we'll build a data center. It's <laughs> 10 years out. No yeah, big deal. That's but, but easy. Yeah, yeah, so, but the technology adoption now is, it, and is disrupting it. And the reality is, is, and both on the public, and it, it was funny because I bang on LinkedIn mm. about disruption. If you, you know, if you're not disrupting internally, somebody's yeah. going to disrupt you. Yeah. Somebody came yeah. back around to me and said, yeah, but I work in the public sector. Nobody's going to disrupt me. <laughs> and I went, really? So if yeah. national gets elected next year and mm-hmm. changes all of your objectives mm-hmm. for the coming, however long, mm-hmm. isn't that a disruption? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, there's a, there's a change in that, especially with municipal districts I've found, like we work in municipal a lot of the time. And they actually have people that are, they actually have positions that are thought leaders. They yeah. have positions that are, actually, what, what, what was her title? Uh, futurist. So yeah. we actually had a futurist on the Upper Hut, or no, sorry, Hut City Council staff for wow. a little while. And awesome. we went and talked, and when she, she held futurist study uh, discussions, and, and that was amazing. I had never seen that in yeah, public yeah. sector before. And, and that's not isolated. We actually work with um, Scottish Water quite often, which if you don't know anything and you're in public utility, look up Scottish Water. They're one of the world leaders in water utility. They have a whole innovation teams that work in their public utility company, which yeah. you would never have seen yeah. five yeah. years ago. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Back to my question. Oh, yeah. What was the question? Yeah. No, no, no. That, that was exactly we, – I, we hit – We it was the major challenges. I'm talking to you, Sean, because we never know where we end up. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that you're going to love this one. So how important is data, hmm. reporting, and management, and services, and vendors to a CIO? Yeah. Well, I don't know about a CIO because that's, that's different in every industry, right? The value you get out of data – I mean, it's becoming more normalized. You're getting every company now values data where you didn't get that before. But what you have to sell a lot of the time is the intrinsic value of data and getting people to realize that data governance is a life cycle of change, right? That's still, and it baffles me that we still have to talk about that. But um, 
but I, I luckily was part of a company or an organization called the Institute of Directors here. And one of the things that they talk about a lot is if you're in technology, apply for any board you can. Yeah. Because board members need that influence to realize how you get value out of data, right? They don't know that. They think that you can start up a database still. And unfortunately, I'm trying not, not trying to minimize people's thinking, but if you start up a database, you'll get value. And that's all you have to do, right? The the other the other thing with big data, big data is becoming n pretty normal to do nowadays. Yeah. In water utility, we've been doing big data and time series data for a long time. Yeah, a long time. But that has been, you know, creation of huge data lakes in many municipalities, many excuse me, water organizations around the world. And knowing what to do with it, yeah, that's the challenge. What that's question challenge. do we get out of? Do we answer with the data? And unfortunately, a lot of public sector don't like to look beyond their own walls, borders, or yeah. country to figure that out. And and that's still baffling to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look outside, and especially in New Zealand, because there's a tradition in New Zealand, mm -hmm. and maybe not with technology, but other things that we do it our we can do it ourselves. We're yeah. self independent. But international trade and, and organization is becoming the norm nowadays with data, especially. Oh, yeah. We're hoping that things like GDPR is going to, and the new New Zealand Privacy Act, which is coming out soon, is really going to push more governance around it so people feel safer yeah, yeah. about pushing big data projects to, you know, wherever it needs to go yeah, in, yeah. in the world, right? That's finally breaking down, which is a really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. But data continues to be a, a you know, challenge, which I think it'll always be a challenge. <laughs> Um, so this, this is what, what do you see the biggest opportunities for it in business right now mm. and which ones are the worst hyped, <laughs> <laughs> the worst hype. All right. I'm going to go, this is a real personal feeling. I hate the word. Oh, I just can't stand. Oh, what's the actual term? What's, what's the term for change that everybody uses? Transformation. Transfer oh, my God. Digital <laughs> transformation. So digital transformation has been a norm in my life every year of my career. <laughs> and I don't think I'm this, I, you know, I could be stupid. I could be. I fully admit that. But digital transformation to some people means changing the way the business works through technology or the way that you you get value out of technology or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, working, and I'll go back to my days at Dell and Apple, those companies did it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we would change technology platforms twice a year sometimes yeah. depending on what was needed. So that was a norm with it. I think the term digital transformation is good, though, for the board, the traditional governance member gives that, them something to invest in that's right and the, and the those words do land well i mean if you talk about if you come up to a board and you say i'm going to digitally transform the company that that holds weight right yeah. i just think it's personally just a, a little bit too much speaking a little too generalized well, of fact I, right it's I, like I, cloud computing yeah i actually completely agree <laughs> i um it, when i talk to ctos and cios i try and stay away from the digital transformation i actually being coming from innovation i push Disruptive transformation. Mm, mm. So we want to disrupt the in a good way because yeah. disruption can be positive. Yep, yep. Uh, you want to disrupt the way you're doing business. So if today you're doing business handing paper between people, yeah. we want to disrupt that and make it more smoother and seamless so that yeah. the business works better. But that makes them think more. 
Yes. I think using that term makes people think more because they get a little bit of fear, which is healthy right. in a business. That's right. <laughs> Where you talk about digital transformation, it's like, oh, okay, you're going to transform me as like Optimus Prime into yeah, that's a wonderful right. truck. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> over this period of time, it's going to cost $15 million and it's going to go over budget by, you know, 25%. Yeah. But that's what it, the way it's going to be. No, that's that's the one I personally just feel like it's not a bad thing, but it's something I just I kind of scoff at and just go, okay, you're digitally transforming every year. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're not, you're you're not going to keep up with the industry. Yeah. What was the other part of the question? Oh, uh, so there was a that you went with the hype part. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it, it hit what, home. Hit home what, a little bit. What do you see as the biggest technology? And it, they can be uh, public sector specifically, well, sure, or wa- sure, sure, water sure. Yeah. utilities, or it could be other technologies in just in IT in general. Yeah. But what are the biggest opportunities for technology and business oh, that you see yeah, coming? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, water is a very. I never worked in water before I got this job, and, and water is a very interesting sector because the merging of water technology and advancements in water management technology yeah. is every single time there's a release that we see it's more and more what is the data you're getting out of it that's tied in so i mean it used to be that it's a new material type which is still there yeah or a new way of laying pipe which is still there i mean we will have in new zealand seismic resistant pipes are number one priority right (laughs) have you seen the waikato university is developing concrete that heals itself i have seen that we've heard about that really cool We've, we've also looked at things there's a technology i think goes out of Japan, Singapore, or somewhere, something like that, that is a, it's a modular pipe system that actually can flex up to like oh, wow. 35 degrees in terms of how it works and still keep its integrity. We're doing a trial with That's that in one really of our sectors. But, but those, those are material-based. Those are, you know, core water technology. What we're seeing for innovation and the opportunity is investing in technologies that give you the full life cycle of the water management, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not just a pipe in the ground, it's a pipe with a sensor, or it's a yeah. pipe that you can actually feed something down to get yeah. data out of it. That's where we're seeing, you know, power is, is a huge, you know, concern with both any type of utility company. And if you can put in the same cost of, of pump or, you know, motor or whatever, yeah. if it can give you a data feed, yeah. that's what you're going to go with. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the biggest thing is we're seeing industrial technology coming out that's keeping up with the norm. It's doing things like, you know, utilizing LoRaWAN. It's utilizing yeah. low-powered networks. Not so much SigFox we see in New Zealand, more LoRaWAN. Yeah. But we just actually, yesterday, I had a business case presented to me where we had two technologies presented. One was a technology that presented things in an FTP server. One was a technology that communicated over LoRaWAN. Yeah. There was no contest. Yeah. One was one was absolutely the more flexible product. You yeah. get more information and so forth. So that's the challenge and, and the opportunity we're seeing. Yeah. So one last question, yeah. and then I'll let you call it an evening. I get, I didn't realize I could talk for hours. But <laughs> wonderful. So one last fun question. So yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but in the Obama administration in the, in the U.S., yeah. and I think you were living in Canada at the time. but the, Absolutely was. <laughs> the Obama White House started this policy where they created this website yeah. where members of the public could submit ideas and then they could yeah. the other members of the public would vote on it. And if yeah. it went over ten thousand votes, yeah. the government would seriously look into it. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So crowdsourcing ideas. That's uh, a great essentially, idea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. someone submitted that the US government should look into building the Death Star. Uh huh. And it got forty two thousand <laughs> votes. Yep. 
So if you had been in the U.S. at that time, uh-huh. would you have voted for the U.S. looking into buildings? Absolutely. I would have also <laughs> voted for Bodie McBoakface oh. and any other disruptive <laughs> name or product. I love I love throwing a wrench in people's ideas. You know, that is that is what is is going to make the changing of ideas great yeah. in, in, you know, in this century and the next, I think, is the – you know, people and politicians and people that have power of change, they had their own cognizance to work on. And that yeah. was all it for a long period yeah. of time, right? And now you can get direct voice to the people in real time. Yeah. I hate, or I'm sounding old when I say that. Well, no, no. <laughs> so I, and I'm going to use the democracy term, but I'm going to use it with a lowercase d, democratizing mm-hmm. idea generation. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, a century ago, there was 10% of the public were the ones coming up with all the ideas. Yeah. You were either financially wealthy enough that you could come up with ideas or you were in a position of power, government or private sector to come up with ideas. 90% of the public didn't have access. They might have come up with ideas, but they didn't have access to do anything. Now, everybody can throw into it. That's right. That's right. And and the greatest change that I've seen over my career has been the change in protecting data versus open data, right? New Zealand is a very good place that you can really go to almost any public organization to have an open data portal, yeah. which, you know, we haven't seen personally in our organization yet because we haven't worked on it enough. But we've seen other organizations that have, you know, look, give you the the water quality results yeah. over 15 years. Put it through anything you want to. Send it to a university to do a study. That's where you're going to get the innovation, yeah. right? Yeah, because people <laughs> we that, can't do it ourselves. People that you know? yeah, people that have time and resources to spend and are interested and yeah. are interested yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you're very interested in the pump efficiency of a water treatment plant, Sean. But um, some engineers <laughs> might be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're kind of geeky here, but you know, but that open data portal and that change in mindset that this is not something that we need to covet this is something we need to get out there yeah. that's what i've seen as the biggest biggest disruptor in in our industry especially yeah I'm, I'm i'm i am actually seeing that across uh, a lot of organizations on the public sector side but even on the private sector side of the partnerships between what would have traditionally been considered competitors yeah because together both of them rise that's right that's um, right is surprising mm-hmm. I, I mean to see to see two competitors who may compete on one job, yeah. come together and bid on another job together because yeah. they know together they're stronger than they are. It That's right. It has That's been right. massively. Industry thinking is something that I wish I would have known at in my, my private industry job is that, you know, can I be a leader through industry thinking versus just your business thinking, yeah. you know? And, and there's, there's great examples of that. When I worked in gaming, there was such a, a lack of communication for common good because you're competing right yeah. you're you know especially in gaming you're it's butts and seats well, if, and, they come, if they come to our casino yeah. they're not going to their casino it's got the best you know reuben sandwich that's yeah. absolutely what you got to compete yeah. with but but as i as i grew in that that organization and that, and that industry what i started to see is some commonalities things like protection yeah you know making sure your business is protected against the common customer or yeah. whatever it is right the yeah. common threat in, in it this you know security is kind of our our boat that we all sail in right you yeah. can yeah. all get in it <laughs> so you know that's an opportunity that i think a lot of private industries don't take advantage of because yeah. they're afraid they don't want to you know have a un- it's my ip i can't you don't want to bring check. down that competitive advantage yeah. or that ip you know yeah. coveting or whatever it is right so i hope that changes and i hope people you know, experience I, that more i am starting to see a little bit of that that change but yeah
yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Jake, I really appreciate you uh, coming and talking to me. Yeah, it's been it's, fun. It's, it, uh, it's awesome. I, I hope it has been fun. This is, you know, some a venture that I kicked off on to try and do. Yeah. And I hope to bring more people to talk to uh, people in the because yeah, the yeah, thing is, yeah. you, you know, you're out there in Lower Hut. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's beautiful out there. What are you talking right. about? But but so you're. You're brilliant at what you do. And oh, thank look, you. I've had lots of conversations with you and we've yeah. talked about stuff. And more people in New Zealand need to know that you're here. Mm. Well, I'm a very much a servant leader, Sean, so I appreciate what you're saying. But, I mean, it's it's the learning through doing and it's the, and it's the sh- learning through example and it's doing by example that makes me, you know, tick every day. And I, and I really do appreciate people that, that think that the work we're doing is good and, oh. and I appreciate that fully. And I try to get the word out about some of the ideas we have to other people in yeah. New Zealand. And, and I'm not the only one doing it and I'm just trying to be a, you know, a, a flag that can be raised sometimes with with some of these ideas so no i appreciate that no you but but yeah i do appreciate it oh no problem no problem it's fun to talk to you too (laughs) so that's the interview with jake davis i really do appreciate him uh coming over and talking to me about what they're doing at wellington water and, and what he's done through his career as always give me feedback if you can and stay tuned till next week